Hi, and welcome to Popaholics. I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate Hall. This is a show where a dad and daughter dish on pop culture over a drink. Uh, we're still in the pandemic, obviously, and um, we miss live music. Um, I really, really uh, live to, to see live music, to be out playing in bars. Uh, it's just a ton of fun. And um, last year, when we were experimenting with the format of the show, we asked a bunch of people, hey, uh, what was your, the favorite live show you've ever seen? And we've, we've got some fun answers there. Yeah. And then we also, we also talked about two of our favorite performers, right, Kate? Right. So we talked, didn't we talk about, we talked about Springsteen. Yeah. Who is the, did he release a new single or is at the that whole point, album out? At that point, now. he had released a... Uh, uh, song uh, was it was the album called Western Stars? Yeah, but now that was 2019, and, and now, now 2020, he's got a whole nother record out. Yeah, yeah, called um, well, the one I'm hearing off of it is Letter to You. But uh, then also, we also talked about we talked about Sean Mendes, who also at this point is apparently coming up with something new in the month of October, um, which I don't know anything about. So we'll get back to you on how we feel about that. So um, we think you'll enjoy those shows, and um, uh, as always, uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Popaholics Podcast, Twitter, Popaholics. Uh, you can email us, uh, popaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Mike Bodie for <laughs> our music. I'm just going to start calling him Michael, Michael Bodie from now on. And we're gonna, I think this is the show where I'm going to work in some of his his new music. Okay. So, woo. I thought of, woohoo. So I thought of, <laughs> while we were talking about live music and we talked about the live shows that we had seen, the last live shows that we had seen, since that recording, I've been to at least one live show. Did you have you guys been to any live shows? Again, this is like 2019. Not in 2020 obviously, but but did you guys see anything? Because I because we I saw, went and saw yeah, Dermot you? Kennedy, uh, who yeah. also was really great, and that was like that was literally like days before everything just got canceled and shut down. And he did he did a great job. It was great. Thank you, Dermot. We saw we saw bands when at Burning Snowman Burning Snowman Festival in uh, Northern Ohio that we helped uh, organize. Um, Shout out, name uh, check, name drop. Um, a, a great young band from Cincinnati called Rockstead. It was fun, and a uh, ton of other bands. Can't think of them at the moment. Uh, Corduroy Road, um, just good bands, local bands from up there. Yeah. Um, and then feels like I was out at a bar. I've been to some open stages, but I, I can't. I don't think I've actually been somewhere and seen a band. Yeah, because like then. Forecastle got canceled. Uh, Bourbon, Bourbon and Beyond, Bourbon, yeah. Which uh, like all this stuff got canceled, and so yeah. yeah. You just said live shows, and that's that's like that's isn't that crazy that like that's a question now. It's like what was the last live show, show that, you, that, you, that you saw before everything shut down? That's wild. I will say that last year's Bourbon and Beyond because I got reminders of it on Facebook photos I I posted. One of the fun things was uh, Foo Fighters played, right? And uh, were they there? They were there. They were I there. Never, yeah. And Dave Grohl, he's like the he was like the biggest fanboy. He was like uh, somebody somebody I know was up front for one of the bands, and uh, this guy next to him is like bobbing his head and yeah. doing the whole thing. And he looks over to Dave Grohl, and then when Squeeze played, the English okay. band Squeeze, at the very end of their set. The camera's panning across everybody on stage. And, and Dave Grohl's playing drums. <laughs> Dave, 
honestly though, like Dave Grohl seems like he seems like a legit dude. Like, yeah, I think he would be a really cool person to know. <laughs> so we're gonna uh, step inside our Wayback Machine, go back to next year. Uh, next year, step inside our Wayback Machine, go, go back to last year. Our Wayback Machine. Our Wayback Machine, and go back and uh, listen to uh, some stuff we recorded last year. So we hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Talk to me about Sean Mendez. All right, so um, you might be wondering, okay, Sean Mendez, Bruce Springsteen, what do they have in common? Um, I want to talk about him because he just did some sold-out shows in London, and Enemy Magazine named him Gen Z's Bruce Springsteen, which is very, very high praise, and I, I agree with it. You said Enemy Magazine? NME Magazine. Oh, N M New Musical Express. Okay. That yeah, is, sure. That is a legitimate <laughs> magazine. I was thinking, is this a like a magazine put out by two guys in their basement? But no. no. <laughs> NME is a legitimate um, publication. So, Kate, tell me why, um, why do you think Sean is catching on the way he is? And describe him a little bit for people who might not have heard him. Okay, so um, he is pop... Uh, genre of music I kind of hard to believe that some people might haven't like I got all tripped up haven't heard of him um in my blood is probably the most popular song I think came out last year uh about dealing with anxiety um and what was the question why haven't what (laughs) so the question is what kind of music what is music music like okay Pop, pop genre so um Lots of catchy songs, but on the last album, there are lots of kind of um, slow jams, kind of R&B influenced. Uh, I think he's kind of in the process of figuring out his sound um, and finding what works for him, which I think is really exciting. Now, it's interesting that you said that because, um, you know, he released an album that, uh, not not Shawn Mendes, but the one before that, which was called... Uh, it was called Illuminate, I think. It was very John Mayer, I it feel It was like. very John Mayer, and um, I read an interesting um, piece of the New York Times, the Times, um, in which they were talking about how um, great Illuminate was, mm-hmm. and then Sean Mendez, because uh, they felt like, because of some of the songs that were like co-written with like um, Katy Perry, uh, or they were written for, like, they're... Katy Perry and Ed Sheeran, there were some, or that they sang together on them. I can't remember exactly. Um, how this, I know he's written with Ed Sheeran. I don't know about Katy Perry though. I'm not that. Yeah, and so what the what this Times reviewer was saying was, if it's not, it felt like he was kind of taking these cast off songs for other artists and then and then doing them, and it was they weren't as positive. Yeah. So what do you think? How do you think of this new song compared to his other stuff? Um. Well, that's a really interesting point because I think you know. Um, I think in the music industry now, not everybody writes their own songs, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with not writing your own songs, but um, I don't know. I felt like the last album really, I don't know, it felt like it clicked for me. It didn't feel, uh, I don't want to say like 
he didn't feel lost. The first two albums was very like, okay, I felt like it was like, is he a Justin Bieber kid or is he more of a John Mayer thing? And like, let's experiment. But Shawn Mendes, I think, felt very uh, connected with his talents, with how he can sing, with how he can play uh, guitar, I think, and piano. Um, the new song, I think, just continues that and it, it feels very good to me. <laughs> We should mention that Sean was, he's from Canada and he was discovered um, posting things on uh, Vine on and YouTube. Vine and Vine and yeah. YouTube, yeah. So one of those, um, that was, that's how he was discovered and now he's, you know, touring the world, as they say. Um, and he's only 20. That's and insane. He's, on, he's only 20. So, Kate, if you had to list three songs that people mm -hmm. should check out by him, what okay. three songs would they be? Um, well, if you haven't heard it already, obviously, In My Blood. I feel like it's a big, uh, big theme that everyone can connect with. Um, my favorite is Lost in Japan. Both of those are on the last album. Uh, Lost in Japan is very like R&B. Um, I don't. It's good. It's just good. It's a a good beat. Yeah. Um, and then third song. Ugh. Well, third song. You just ha you have to listen to the new new music and stuff. So. Yeah, and the new song is called If I Can't Have You. All right, so we'll have uh, some links to this stuff on our Instagram uh, address, which we'll give later in the show. And um, Kate mentioned uh, that he is um, this generation's answer to Bruce Springsteen. And of course, I was of the generation when Springsteen was Springsteen. Um, and I uh, first saw Bruce Springsteen, uh, I think it was the Darkness on the Edge of Town tour. And that would have been in Charleston, West Virginia, at the Civic Center. I was on, and this is why I remember this so well. I was on row O, uh, row O right on the center aisle. Um, Springsteen gets up there and he does this amazing show. Um, that was when he was still um, jumping off of amplifiers and running around like a crazy man, telling these really long, uh, involved stories about going through the, um, the backwoods of New Jersey and hearing this music and coming to this house. And there was Clarence Clemens playing and it was like he was with God, you know, just a really intense storytelling. And what the thing that I still remember from the show was during Spirit in the Night, you know, which he wrote, but was a hit for Man for Man, uh, Springsteen comes down off the stage and I don't know, I think this was before wireless guitars were invented. So he must have had a super long guitar chord. But he came all the way back, okay, <laughs> like literally passed close enough for me to touch him, although I didn't. I was yeah. too chicken. He went about, I don't know, four rows behind me, got up on a folding chair, and finished, finished the, the song. And it was just intense. And that made me a Springsteen believer. And I have seen him five or six times wow. now yeah <laughs> and um kate's mom and i went to see him at dodger stadium um which uh in some ways it was, it was a great show but it was it was the born the usda tour so it was insane everybody was a springsteen fan then mm -hmm. we were on the field of dodger stadium uh we were on metal folding chairs and everybody on the field was standing on their metal folding chairs so they could <laughs> see the stage Kate's mom had many wonderful qualities, but being tall was not one of them, so yeah. she could not really see that well. They had big screens, of course. 
And, but the coolest thing about that show was they're playing and this full moon rises right behind him in the wow. bed. Yeah. And so I, I've seen him, you know, like I said, I've seen him five or six times. And uh, I saw him at Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. and Which isn't even there anymore. It's not even there anymore. <laughs> and the thing was, he came out and he was, he was just physical and sexual in a way that I had never seen him be that way on stage before. And I said to somebody, I wonder if there's a new woman in his life. And right after that was when the news broke the t- about he and Patty Scalfa, who, you know, uh, was his backup singer and is now his longtime wife. Mm-hmm. And they have kids together. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's your experience with Springsteen? Um, well, my experience, my experience with Springsteen is just um, you being a fan and growing up around his music. And I think the connection between the two, like you said, seeing the stadium tours, um, growing with him... As an artist, I think, is uh, the reason why Enemy said what they did. Because I don't think Sean Mendez is going to be like, you know, a little blip on the screen and he's gone. I think he's going to stick around, which is really like um, exciting to be able to, like, well, I can't say grow with him because I'm older than him, but, but <laughs> you know, to like watch that journey. Um, in his career, I think will be really interesting. And so, um, that's really all I have on, on Springsteen. He's just been kind of in the background the whole time. For, for you, since he's been in my yeah. foreground. And of course, she talked about him, you know, growing with an artist. Springsteen um, has changed over the years. His, at one point, his music was almost like um, jazz rock. I don't know how to quite describe it. And of course, then he had... Um, stuff that he recorded you know with a four-track recorder and you know just him and his guitar um just on badlands um and then the ghost of tom joad all his political stuff and the interesting thing if you saw the netflix special about him Uh. uh, of his broadway show he talked about how um you know he writes about cars he was never really a car guy he writes about working in factories. He never worked in a factory. <laughs> he goes, I'm really kind of a big phony. But of course, he's a wonderful songwriter and storyteller. And he, as we are uh, recording this, he just released a, a song um, from uh, his first new studio album um, since 2012. Um, and the song, the album is called Western Stars. Yeah. And... Um, it really reminded me of this new single. Reminded me of Glenn Campbell, um, Burt Bacharach, some of the some of the um, pop uh, pop with country edges that was uh, back in the seventies. Wichita Lineman. By the time I get to Phoenix, that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, people respond to it. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. We listened to um, Hello Sunshine. I think is the song that we listened to. And um, I'm not a person that connects with modern day country, um, but like you said, having that kind of influence of classic country, I think really I connected with. And so, yeah, I think it's gonna be good. So, um, you know, I mentioned early on in this podcast that Kate and I are big consumers of pop culture. So um, we're going to talk now about what we're um, reading and watching on TV. Kate? We don't have cable. 
but I feel like that's that's becoming the norm, especially with younger people like myself. Um, so on Netflix, uh, last week I watched a Netflix movie called Someone News with um, Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin. Um, basically, this uh, young woman suffers a, a pretty big heartbreak and uh, she also is trying to... Uh, she's going through some stuff in her life. New job. She's been with this guy that she's broke up with for a long time. And so the movie kind of is her dealing with that um, on her, I don't know if it's her last night in New York, but like her last time of hanging out with her close friends in New York. Um, it was, to me, it kind of kind of felt like a female version of The Hangover. Um a little bit less crazy hijinks, I think. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. Uh, Brittany Snow, who's from Pitch Perfect mu- movies, she was also in that. Um, and RuPaul is in it for a hot second. Yeah. I- Recently interviewed a, a bunch of folks about their favorite live show. So I should ask you, Kate, what's yeah. your favorite concert you've ever seen? Um, my favorite live show that I've seen so far is, I think it was 2011 or 2012. Um, I saw Florence and the Machine at, um, is it White River Gardens? In something oh, like that. It's like an like amphitheater um, in Indianapolis. And I came in with such low expectations because I'd listened to the album. I loved it. I felt like she sounded so amazing, but that there was no way that the album was going to be able to, that she was going to be able to live up to what I was hearing live just because again, of all the, you know, everything that they can do in the studio nowadays. Um, and she blew me away. Uh, she sounded wonderful. She was so high energy, just jumping around and connecting. And we were pretty far back um, on the lawn, but it was still like, it was so good. Um, and so, you know, one of those shows that when when my child's old enough to like get it, then one of those shows, that's one of the shows that I'll talk about. Just like last episode, you talked about um, seeing, yeah, seeing Bruce Springsteen. So, um she was amazing. So yeah, I, I had obviously mentioned that uh, Bruce Springsteen 1978 Charleston Civic Center show because I was um, close enough to touch him as he went by into the audience. Um, the other show I would mention actually was, I think this year, um, John Prine played uh, here in Louisville um, at uh, like a theater type show. And um, he it was just a great performance. He has an amazing band, Jason Wilbur. Uh, who's from Bloomington, Indiana, is his longtime guitarist. And um, there was um, a part where his wife, John's wife, came out and um, they sang um, Paradise, you know, which is about his uh, relatives' Kentucky roots. Oh. And it was just, uh, it was just really, um, you couldn't help but just ooh, get into it. It was just amazing. <laughs> All right, so we're going to um, go now. We, we talked to several people about the fa- their favorite live shows, and here was what some of their answers were. So this, we're talking to Trisha right now, who's the perfect age. Trisha, what would be the, your favorite live concert? I think my favorite live concert, the one that's popping to my mind, is I went to Telluride in 1994, 
and I saw tons of great bands, but I remember watching Martin Sexton. It was the first time I'd seen them, and he was awesome. And it was June in Telluride, and we had snow showers and rain and sun all within his 50-minute conference or concert uh, performance, and it was amazing. And so um, some of our listeners may never have heard of Martin Sexton. Could you describe um, what, who he is, what his music is like? Um, let's see, Martin Sexton is a guitarist, but he's also um, an amazing vocalist. And by that I mean he can do the Peter Frampton wah-wah, but he does it just with his voice. He doesn't use any special um, equipment to do that. He is amazing. We've seen him a couple of times, and um, just the things he can do with his, his voice. It is, it is really amazing. He's got great songs. Um, it's one of those shows where you go to, and the hardcore faithful are there. They know all the words. They sing along. It's almost like a religious experience. But no religion. <laughs> but no religion. So please, what's your name and age? I'm Katie. I'm 33. And Katie, what's the favorite live show that you've seen? Concert-wise, because I know you're a theater person. This is as a Hamilton by far a favorite live show that way. But no, this is a hard one. Um, I, I guess I'd have to go Pearl Jam at Bonnaroo in, I think that was 2015. Or 20, 20 yeah, it was 2015. It was an amazing show. I've loved Pearl Jam my whole life since I was little. My dad, you know, used to play them when I was like a little kid. And it was just seeing Eddie Vedder live was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And it was his child's birthday. And it was so funny because his daughter was like 11 or 12 and she started to get embarrassed. And it's like, man, if you can be embarrassed in your dad's Eddie Vedder, like, <laughs> he brought her on stage and they had a birthday cake and they had everybody out in the audience like turn on either their lighters or their iPhones and sing happy birthday to her. So it was really, it was a cool, cool show yeah. anyway. But she was like, dad. <laughs> And you are Mary, 64, right? I am. And so, Mary, what was your favorite live show? This will date me, but the James Taylor, Carol King reunion concert that they did, it was a kind of a takeoff on their first time they put a music, a, a the song together from a long time ago, from the early 70s. And it was a great concert, the music is great, and those two are easily in their 70s, and Carol King could still pound the keys, and her voice is still great. And same thing with James Taylor, knows all the songs, and his voice is still really good. It was a great concert. He's a lot more mellow though these days, isn't he, Mary? He is a lot more mellow, I believe. He is uh, drug-free at this point also. She had problems with at one point. Yeah, he did. There's a, a YouTube video of he and Carly Simon doing a Mockingbird live. And there's one point where she's kind of leading him off the stage because I think he's a little confused about what actually is happening. Lately? This video's from this now? Was, no, it was back from when they were together. Oh, early 70s. Yeah. I, I'm sure he's very confused because he yeah. said, I don't remember a whole lot from those days, Yeah, is what he said in the, in the latest concert. And so what we should tell younger listeners, if you've ever heard the song, uh, You've Got a Friend, uh, which uh, James Taylor recorded, that was written by... Carol King. Carol King. And he uh, thanked her for it when he was on stage because he said, I don't, I've said 
thank you many times when I've sung the song, but he said, I don't know that I ever thanked you in person for it. Yes. Very nice. Thank you, Mary. You're quite welcome. This was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're asking people what their favorite uh, live concert they've seen is, um, and you are? I'm Olivia, and I'm 25, and the best concert I've ever seen live was Taylor Swift both times. Okay. <laughs> now, how long ago was this? Uh, about six months. Wow. The last time, yeah. And so, um, for those of us who can't, you know, afford a Taylor Swift show, please explain <laughs> what that's like. Um... You know, it's more than just a concert. It's also a cinematic experience. So just the costumes, uh, the camaraderie, you know. She's got, does she have dancers and stuff? Oh, dancers, opening acts, light up bracelets. So this, this was the Reputation tour, right? Uh, yes, I saw her for 1989 and for Reputation. Oh, okay. Whoa. Yeah. And so of those two, of those two, which would be? Reputation. Reputation because... <laughs> Why would Reputation? Um, I think I liked the album a little bit more, so it was kind of her coming of age, and I grew up with Taylor Swift, so I felt like it was, it, it felt with what I was feeling as well, so. So Taylor seems like a pretty, pretty incredible person, pretty creative, so I mean, do you, what do you think, do you think she'll keep doing music forever? Do you think she's going to branch off and do something else amazing? What do you think? I actually have a theory. I think she's going to do another country album. I don't know when, but I think she's going to return to her roots eventually. Oh, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. You heard it here first. Olivia Mock tells you it's your lucky day and you should buy a lottery ticket. You probably should. Nearly 15 months to the day after that interview, uh, Taylor Swift dropped a surprise album, Folklore. Uh, the song Betty uh, debuted at number six on the uh, Hot 100 country chart. And then she went on, uh, Taylor, in September to perform at the Academy of Country Music Awards. The first time she had done a country music award show since 2013. Pretty cool, huh? Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate Hall. Uh, this is Papaholics. Uh, please uh, go out and enjoy pop culture. <laughs>